moments crowded with laughter Listen to this show Then you'll be happier after When off to work you go All the cares throughout the day Will dwindle away And you will say The day is happier after the show All right, Sparky, so we got a new name for our podcast. Yes, we do. Just decided to change it up. We, uh, you know, we, we, we made one change and then it just didn't quite feel right. So we decided to change the name again. Uh, so here we are. Now stop and smell the analog. What's really funny, like, I I looked up the definition of the word analog before this, kind of thinking of, um, you know, what does our title mean? And, uh, you know, my, my thought when I suggested it was, I tried to think of a different name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want a different name. I honestly, like, as long as the name sounds okay, I don't really, it, it wasn't the, the meaning of the name wasn't the most important point, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking like, you know, analog versus digital, you know, like digital's more, uh, you know, the way everything is going. But really, the, the difference between analog and digital, if you look at it from the, like, technology point of view, it's just different kinds of waves. Yeah. So that really doesn't suit it at all. Right. The other meaning of analog is, um, like, comparing things, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, this or, I guess, I mean, that's a little bit off. But, uh, you know, if, you know, this thing is an analog of that, you know? It's, yes. uh, like, representative of it, right? Right. So, uh... I don't know. I guess it kind of suits us one way or the other. We we could probably talk our way into it, but um, yeah. I just like what I was thinking when you know we were talking about kind of where our podcast is rambling on to. Um, it started out wanting to just uh, share the different things that we liked, yeah, and uh, you know we kind of got something out of that for each other. You know, kind of led to us being good friends, right? Um. But then as it's progressing, we've talked more, so we've gotten past that, like, uh, you know, the first period where it's like, uh, you're just excited to talk about anything. Yeah. We still are. Yeah. But we've noticed that both of us are kind of drifting in this direction of wanting to get away from everything being so accessible like it is nowadays. Like, we, we're kind of challenging ourselves to go about things the hard way in some cases. And we talked about this on a prior podcast, but uh, your purchase of a crapload of VHS tapes for next to nothing. Yes. And uh, a, v, a VCR for a whopping three bucks or whatever. Um, that's what, like, kind of, you know, made my mind think, like, this is kind of where we're going. We're talking about the things that uh, allow us to challenge our brains more and we're not just like giving in to the like the constant you know information overload where we're just like okay something new something new something new it's like a waterfall of new things coming out and it's so easy to get now and yeah i like that the name that you 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 suggested because it's like i'm trying to slow down on my appreciation of different things it's like i'm not trying to go out and get everything that i hear that's new and great it's like i'm trying to be more selective so in a way when i think of analog i think of things like vhs or records or things like that so that you have to take your time and you appreciate it you you value it for what it is as a whole instead of just like you know band will release an album and you just listen to the main song, which they don't want you to do that. They want you to listen. A lot of bands like this guy I want to bring up tonight. He wants you to listen to the entire album straight through. 
Yeah, now that, you know, it's like now that you can just jump on Spotify. I saw another friend post about this or, you know, repost something that somebody posted that it just feels wrong as an artist that you can uh, go on Fridays and listen to uh, somebody's new creation for free. Yeah. And that, you know, if you're a real fan and you want to show appreciation, like you really got to, you know, go to the shows, buy something from the merch table, stuff like that. Like, you know, these are indie artists that are, you know, saying this. I've got a, I've got a, um, I've got a quick story about that. Um, one of the movies that I have is, I don't remember if it's Lethal Weapon 1 or Lethal Weapon 2. One of them has a Bob Dylan song at the end of it that I remember hearing. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what the song is at the moment because I hadn't thought about this beforehand. But I remember watching it in the theater. And it's like, okay, at that time in my life, I was not that familiar with Bob Dylan, but I knew it was Bob Dylan, but it was a cover song. And I would have to go out and I went, I would go to the record store, t- CD store, tape store, um, and search and try to find it. It was very difficult. I could not just look it up. What was the soundtrack to this movie? And it was like a mission that I had. And the second part of that is, um, at the end of the big Lebowski, is they play Towns Van Zandt, who's one of my fa- favorite artists of all time, singing. He's doing a cover of the Rolling Stones' "Dead Flowers," and I heard that, and I was like, at that time, I knew Towns Van Zandt songs as played by other people, but I didn't know him as a performer at all. So that opened it up an entire other world. But it was a search. It took me time to figure out. Well, who is this? And I, you know, I tracked it down and ended up getting everything he's ever did. But it, it took time. And I, during that time, I was able to appreciate it more and more because it's not like I could just download his entire catalog all at once when I first did it. Yeah. Having to slowly dig into stuff is the right way to really appreciate most things. And, uh, you know, I can think about this like, uh, with different comic series that, you know, we've read over the, past handful of years read them as they come out there's been quite a few instances where most people that i would know would be criticizing it because it doesn't start off like something amazing yeah a good story isn't going to start off with all the fire like it has to build so you know the the comic medium like you gotta have patience with it and let it build, but it's also like, you know, can you invest in it? I mean, that's, that's a big plus for trades is like, you get the whole story. So like you can get the slow build and take your time with it. But man, stuff is just so much better. If you slow down and take the time with it, I'll give you an example. This is something that I've been uh, really into lately. Um, so I had kind of stopped collecting comics and I kind of reassessed and I, I started collecting again, but I'm going about it different. Yeah. I really don't care about collecting new comics as they come out. Mm-hmm. I'm only getting a few, you know, via subscription, via, you know, via pull list. And, uh, the majority of them, I just give away after I read them. Yep. Like I'm getting a couple Mar- Marvel books because I can use the digital code. <laughs> so I have it to read again if I want to, but then I'm yeah. just throwing those in a box and sending them to you. Uh, I've been getting the Batman versus TMNT volume three series. Yeah. And, uh, I'm passing that on to my buddy Kyle when I finish yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the one that I'm keeping right now is Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Uh, and right now I think I might collect that 
But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe down the road a little bit, I'll be like, yeah, I don't really care about owning this and the, this format and give it to somebody. But when I started collecting was some of the old stuff, the classic stuff, the stuff that I can just patiently, like, keep my eyes out for. I don't have to worry about getting it as is brand new and feeling like the, you know, the fear of missing out. Like, you got to subscribe to all the right things because if you miss it, you're going to regret it. Uh, it's really about finding, you know, keeping my eyes out and finding deals on the things that I want. So, like, the primary title I'm collecting is Uncanny X-Men. Yes. Uh, there's pretty much no chance in hell I'm ever getting 94 or giant size number one, which are like my two, I guess you'd say like holy grails of what I would want. Yeah. Uh, but just, I mean, realistically, even the worst condition for those books is way more than I would ever spend on, on a single comic book, you know, but I did just recently get 95 for yeah. a quite reasonable price. So that's the closest I'm ever going to get to 94. And then after that, I grabbed, I actually got them here right next to me, so I haven't done anything with them, but uh, I got 98, 99, and 102. So now I have a handful of books that are right after 94. Mm-hmm. And, man, these are great. Dave Cockrum doing the art, you know, uh, Chris Claremont writing, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, and I built up quite a bit. And I'll usually, when I get something new that I'm excited about, I'll message, I usually message you just because we tend to share those kind of things. Uh, but I'll message our friend Dennis. Yeah. who yeah. Um, is, like, one of my Sherpas along the journey of collecting Uncanny X-Men. And uh, I'll uh, message Rob, who also, he's a huge Uncanny X-Men fan. I believe he actually owns them all up until whatever point he collected through. Oh, really? So, wow. um, yeah, he said something like, oh, you're, you're almost there. It's like, yep, mm-hmm. I just got to come and rob you of the few that I'll never get <laughs> otherwise. But, um, you know, it's... it's fun to be able to share the excitement when I get them, but it's nice to be able to pace myself. And, um, I've like, I'll poke around every once in a while and kind of look at eBay, look at online deals. And one thing that I realized is you could probably get better prices on some stuff. If you know how to like shop, you know, bulk lots and stuff like that. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's true. what Rob has told me many times, but I don't enjoy it. Like I want to find the books. I'd rather be patient and find the books. And recently I found, Two new comic shops. One opened down probably like, I don't know, like say half an hour south of me. And the guy managing it is actually the guy who owned uh, the comic shop that I went to before the one I go to now because I, I lived in another town. Uh, so he sold that shop to the guys who wanted to open this shop who were already, they had like a, a you know, an online business. So they already had like a lot of, they just didn't have a storefront, you mm-hmm. know, basically. So this is their storefront now. But it's awesome because they have a ton of key books. So just going in there and looking around is awesome. I see books that I've never seen before that I know exist, of course, but like I've never seen them with my own eyes, you know. But they're uh, like I've got a, a ton of what I think are really good deals on books there. Yeah. Because the ones that aren't the, like the top price keys, they're not pricing them like top top dollar. Even the keys that they have, they're pricing you know pretty pretty reasonably from what I see. Huh. And uh, trying too hard to find deals, like I'll go to, to flea markets or antique stores around where I live, and a lot of guys who put, you know, they, they have a booth in places like that, they price their comics like as if they were the top value for that book when they're beat up and they're not well kept and stuff like that. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'm getting really tired of that. It's like if I can't find books for, 
you know, a buck or two at the most in flea markets. Like, I'm just not even interested anymore because, like, the other day I went and one, I found all these uh, great Marvel Comics presents. And one of the things I'm trying, like, I'm kind of casually collecting that, but I specifically want to get all the um, Weapon X books. And uh, they were all priced like four or five bucks. They're not well kept. They're out of order. They're not in the best condition. Those prices, like, might be reasonable. Right. But, like, barely at best. Yeah. And I don't want to be working my butt off to find prices that I can go online and get without trying, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so the store down south in Freeport I've really been enjoying. Uh, and then there's another store up north of me about 20 or so minutes away. I guess, like, 30 to 40 minutes from where I live, actually. Um there's a, a another reason my wife and I have had to go up there. I've popped in there a couple of times, but they have so many great books, uh, and they they'll have a wide variety of prices on them uh, based on quality. So they have like a lot of different options for different books. Like I, I picked up the uh, which one did I just get from there first? Uh, whichever one I got first, I forget which one I just got from them, but uh, they had a, a more expensive copy of it. But I got the one that was more reasonable, and I, you know, I looked at it, and especially with the older books, like I'm okay with them being a little beat up. Like I, I have some of my favorite ones up in a in comic frames on my wall. Oh yeah, um, which the pictures you sent me pictures of that, and that this yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the you know them having a little wear just kind of adds to their character. The only thing I really can't stand is water damage. Like to oh, me, yeah. water damage yeah. just looks super gross. So. Um, if it's water damaged, I'm not interested, but if it's just, you know, cracked spine and some creases and stuff like that, then I'm fine with that. But, uh, yeah, so like, I've really been enjoying that and like, that's the kind of, you know, analog versus digital, uh, you know, the kind of in our mindset is I don't want the, the easy access. I, I could buy all these comics right now, but I can't afford to. So like, I right. need a, a way to pace myself and waiting, going to a shop and then picking out like one book to get is a good way to to meter it, so I'm not overdoing it. Exactly, and, and it's more satisfying. It's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It's more, there's a better part to that. It's like um, early on, <clears throat> before we even met, it actually just after we started talking online, um, I'd been into Valley Comics, got sucked in. Um, when the first Eternal Warrior came out, and I just kind of just went kind of nuts. I'll just admit it right here because I went a little bit nuts. And it's like, okay, I need to. I'm going to start collecting everything, Valiant. And my wife and I, which we just did on our our 12th anniversary uh, last month, we went down to Galveston. There's an awesome bookstore, independent bookstore down there, Galveston Bookshop, and. Uh, they have on the on the second floor. They have all these long boxes of comics, and when I first got into Valiant, I found all of these comics, and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" But the thing is, at the time, I did not know. I didn't have the knowledge that she had them way overpriced. I mean, she was charging, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "So I would grab a bunch, and then." You, I asked you one time, I was like, what's a good gauge to, what's a fair price? And you suggested looking at mycomicshop.com, which is based out of down here in Texas. 
And that has been kind of my go-to to looking at. I mean, they pretty fair paces up depending on grade and all. They, I mean, they do a really good job of um, like explaining what each uh, each issue is worth depending on what quality it is in. And that's helped me a bunch because we just went in there last month. I didn't even look at any of them because I I know that they're. I mean, she has that and she has a ton of um, image comics, and I'm like way overpriced. Yeah, and like I just like you said, I use my comic shop, and I, I think of their prices as sort of like the uh, the high end of reasonable retail. I guess you know, um, it's like if you're trying to, to fill gaps in your collection, they're great to use because they have so much stuff. Yeah, and their prices like you can get better prices if you if you look around, but like they're they're typically like uh, you know reasonable even if a little on the high side of reasonable so yeah if i find a book in a flea market i it, so here's an example okay i got up on my wall it's a cover that i like daredevil 183 yeah uh it's a cover uh the punisher is shooting daredevil right in the gut um is it's a it, it's a striking cover yes. so i saw this in a flea market once and it's it's a little beat up you know um, they had a price for eight bucks, which uh, I looked on my comic shop and eight bucks is probably like at best reasonable for the condition it's in and uh-huh. probably a little high. So I, the first time I saw it, I looked and there are a few other things I want. I want to keep my cost down. So I said, nah, you know, I can grab this anytime I want online if I, if I really want it, you know? Then another time we go back there and I'm looking, there's, I'm not really finding anything I want to get. I come across it again, I'm looking, I'm just like, well, I like this. Cost eight bucks. I could probably get it for a little bit less or get it for the same price anytime I want, but like not in person. So I thought about it and just, you know, okay, I like this. So I, even though like this might be a little high even, I like it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to regret getting it because I get it home and I just don't care and I shove it in a box. And uh, if I look at a book and it's like right in line with my comic shop prices and I'm just like, meh, you know, it's okay. It's, it's one I need, but meh, I'm not going to get it unless it's beaten that price, you know? So I kind of have my rules of thumb too, you know, like, uh, uh, daredevil books. If I find a daredevil book for a buck that I need, I don't even have to think about it. I'll just grab it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Um, two bucks, as long as it's not the, like getting into the, era of the 90s that I don't care for. If it's before that, I'll probably grab it, you know? Yeah. Uncanny, kind of same thing, like two bucks. Uh, if it's like before the 300s, I'm probably not even going to think twice about it. Um, if you're going down into the hundreds, then like I'll even go, you know, higher than that without thinking too much about it. Um, so you kind of get your, your rules of thumbs, but my comic shop is a good way to like, okay, I see this book, I want it because like I'm like, ooh, I found something I needed. Okay, it's a good way to slow down, look. What what could I buy it for online without even having to hassle at all? And, you know, when I think of it that way, like, how much do I really want this book right now? Yeah, yeah. How do you store your books? Just in, in short boxes? Yeah, I, I've i never actually had a, a long box other than random times where I've bought, like, a, a crap load of cheap comics and been given them in a beat-up old long box, you know? Yeah. But, uh... I yeah I have gosh why do I have I have five short boxes right okay. now, okay, and uh, that gives me a little bit of breathing room so I'm not like trying to cram them in there, 
Um, and I definitely have had a, I had a little bit of an uptick in getting stuff for a little bit. And I'm definitely going to be slowing back down. So that should last me quite a while. What would you say that right now, the bulk of those, those boxes holds? Uh, well, the, the one thing that I have the most of is uncanny X-Men. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. I have a, a little over a short box of X-Men. Um, and then I have, Next to that, my two biggest chunks are Daredevil and Avengers. I got a bunch of Avengers books for really cheap. Uh, When my LCS that I go to now bought a collection off of somebody, and uh, a lot of the books were dollar books, Mm -hmm. and he was having a sale, and I said, hey, pick me, like, here's the, I didn't have very much that time, so I was like, here's what I have, pick me out like 40 books, because I think 40 books was like less than $30, with the, the sale he was having is they were dollar books and you know, then he had a sale on top of that. So I got a big chunk and I got them and got them home and like rebagged and bored them and looked at them and read a few. I was like, Oh man, I should have just taken everything he had because I liked him so much. Yeah. So I definitely, I kind of stumbled into that because of availability, but I discovered that, um, I have a better appreciation for old Avengers, which I had never really read before. Um, then like, I've always tried to read the Fantastic Four, for example, and I find a lot of Fantastic Four stuff. I just can't get into Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's worth knowing what you actually like, but like with the Avengers, the covers were enough to be worth, you know, a buck. Just because they're awesome to look at, you know, and their, their character, I mean, especially obviously with the Marvel movies, those characters are really approachable. Um... Yeah, so, they, I mean, they were just super fun. So. Awesome. And then I've been, um, so Uncanny is my number one for sure. Daredevil is, the, like, the next character that I really, really like. Um, so I've been collecting Daredevil. Um, Avengers, I got a bunch of Thor, same thing, good price. So, like, Thor is kind of my on the back burner if I'm looking around and I find some Thor books for cheap and I don't find anything else that I want more. I'll grab the Thor books. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Comics Presents, I started grabbing those because you can find a lot of those pretty cheap. And I wanted the Weapon X books in particular because if you, if you go look at those covers, it's uh, Barry Windsor Smith. Um, oh, it's yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I asked you the other day when we were talking about um, when you were like, you, you showed me the picture of the X-Men cover, that you, the X-Men book you'd got. I was like, how do you keep track? Do you keep track of just your main fixation? The uncanny x-men or do you keep an on on your phone something for everything that you're looking for i don't keep something for everything because i don't want it to be a chore okay, i keep yeah. lists of the things that i i think okay i like this if i find more i just want to know what i have yeah so like for example uh i have some random books like uh like little mini series that they did, like uh, they have X Men versus the Avengers, and X Men versus the whatever, and uh, ones focusing on the Beast and other characters. Yeah, and I have yeah. some of those. I, I'm getting to the point that I want to make a list of those because I keep on coming across them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I you know, I'm getting to the point where I enjoy these older Marvel books enough that like those would be pretty cool to get for me. I would like them, um, you know, for the right price, and I find them for the right price sometimes. Um, but I haven't listed every little thing because if I list every little thing, then it just like starts to be a burden. So becomes, this is what I have listed on my work. phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uncanny X Men, uh, New Mutants, which I just recently got a, a bunch of and decided that I wanted to uh, have a list in case I keep coming across them. 
Avengers, Marvel Comics Presents, uh, Daredevil, Amazing Spider-Man, which I don't have very much of, Mm -hmm. but uh, there are some awesome Spider-Man covers, so I'm just like, I need to know what I have, so that way if I come across, you know, cheap copies of, of, and I figure, like, Amazing Spider-Man is, like, the first vein of Spider-Man, so if anything, like, I'd want that. Um, Wolverine, uh, which I have a handful of. The Mighty Thor, uh, and then uh, X Men, which would be the um, like the '90s series that you know when when that started. I don't have very many of those, but I I made a list of that just in case I did start grabbing them here and there. But I've been holding off on that. So I have my few that like if if I look somewhere, I'm actively kind of checking what they have for Uncanny X Men first, Daredevil second, Avengers, uh, and. Marvel Comics Presents is, like, my third. Everything else after that is kind of like, uh, just want it in there in case I stumble across something for a really good price, and, you know, it's kind of like the really on the back burner stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, um, this whole collecting thing. Um, you've, I don't I think you've interacted with my cousin Dave online, maybe. Yeah. Um, we do, we do the 2BT thing, and, uh, He's got a buddy that I know, and he's a he's a pretty good guy. His name's Adam. He started doing a podcast called Retro Reprise. It's about video game collecting. He collects all the old video games from... I can't even go over because I've heard him explain it. You can go listen to his podcast, and check it. I think you'd enjoy it because he he's knowledgeable. He's not just some like newbie. He's been doing it since he was a kid. He has all these consoles. He has all these old TVs set up in one little room where he can play the games and get the exact feel. I think that uh, that you did back then because apparently hooking up to a newer TV might be a kind of a pain in the butt. I don't know, but he's—I mean—he's got like over. A, I'm gonna say a thou- <coughs> over a thousand of like Nintendo and Atari and Sega and PlayStation stuff like that. Older games go they'll go way back. But something he just started doing is he's starting to make a documentary because he's interested in himself. Like, why do I do this? Why do I have this, all this space devoted to all of these physical objects that I can play? One, because it's fun, but, but why? Why this obsession? And so he decided, he's decided and, uh, he's he's starting to he's he's working on making a documentary about collectors, and he's got several people lined up. Um, one of them is my my cousin Dave. I don't know how if you know much about him, but he has an entire room in his house, and really his whole house is devoted to Star Wars. He's got original <laughs> posters on the living room walls. He's got figures in it, like statues, in his living room. Uh, he's got all the Blu-ray and DVDs and VHS and all that stuff. But when you go into the room that we, when I go record 2BT with him, we got this little card table and surrounding us on three walls are all the figures he's collected. Some of the one, some of them are the ones he's had since he's a little kid and others. He just recently finished collecting every single original release Star Wars figures from the first three movies he's finished his collection completely and then then the it gets even more 
involved because he's got the black figures and this and that. Well, he's he's one of the people that, you know, Adam is going to talk to. He's got another people that they collect chairs. He's going to talk to them. Um, I think because Dave probably showed him a picture or told him about the room that I'm sitting in now. Um, it's a room in our house called, uh, we call it the library. It's kind of my office library. My wife has books in here. We've got kind of all kinds of stuff in here. But it's floor to ceiling, like 16 foot high of just books. And he wants to talk to me about why, kind of why do I have all this? And I've been trying to deal with that process. I have an answer um, why I do, but it doesn't necessarily make sense. It's like, but what do you think for you that bug is that, what is it you get out of collecting that gives you joy? Is it just because it's the, the hunt or is it the joy or is it because it's something you love or is it just more complex than that? I think some people have like the natural compulsion to collect. Some people don't. Uh, you know, some people it's, it's really just about consuming the, the product and, you know, in a, a positive sense, you know, like you, you get a comic book, you read it. That's what you have it for. So like you only keep it if you want to read it again. Otherwise you give it away yeah. as part of the reason why with the new books I buy, I don't keep them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to, uh, I, I know I can fall into this trap of like needing to collect everything I get, you know? And I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll fall into it if I let myself. I've done, I've done it before, and I've even done this where I've, I've purposely broken up collecting something, and then fallen right into collecting something else. And I can look back and be like, "Okay, this is cool, but like, why the hell did I get this deep into it?" You know, right, right. Yeah. Waste time and money on something that like I can look back and be like, "I didn't really want this that much," you know. Uh, and it, it can happen with anything, like. Um, uh, PlayStation, for example, the PlayStation Network. You can buy video games, you know, digital downloads online. You can get really good deals on stuff. You get stuff for really cheap. So, like, I kind of like to keep an eye out on it in case there's something that I really want to play that gets really cheap. Um, like, for example, the the newest Tomb Raider game. I'm seeing pop on sale for about twenty bucks here and there, like, you know, every mm-hmm. so often it's, it's dropping down that low. So I know like, Hey, if I, if I get to the point where I'm ready to play that game, cause I've played the first two in this newer series, um, I'll make sure to wait till it's on sale for 20 bucks. Cause there's no reason to pay more cause it will end up on sale again. And, uh, but I have all these games that I've bought for super cheap. Like, Oh man, that's a good deal. I could try this out. And I found myself getting to the point where I'm trying to play a game because I bought it. When all I really want to play is something else. Yeah. And it's like, well, why did I buy all these other games? So the real answer to that is stop buying them. Yeah. And if I don't feel like playing them, don't play them. It's kind of so a, I was, it's kind of a compulsion thing. It's like, like, it's, a, it's like you, collecting you a deal is kind of what that was. Yeah. yeah like you get yeah. these good deals like, oh, man, five bucks for that game. That's worth it. I'll get that. But if you never play it, that's just throwing five bucks away. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I have all these games, and I'm not saying I'm never going to play them. But um, I was finding like uh, you know, new football season was starting, and uh, I love football. I love playing mm-hmm. fantasy football, and I've discovered over the last couple of years that Madden Ultimate Team is something I really like. It's it's like mixing fantasy football, playing a football video game, mm-hmm. and it gets me like hyped up for the football season, and you know, and, and I enjoy it. But this year I said, man, I don't, I don't want to get the new Madden because I end up pl- spending all my time playing Madden Ultimate Team instead of playing other games. 
And I, you know, I was thinking, I, I don't want that. You know, I want to be able to play other games. But then I just, I wanted to play it so bad. Just wanted to play it, wanted to play it. So I actually sold you something that I, I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were really excited to get it when you first got it. And it's, it, I'll tell you right now, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I got a really good deal on it. And I, so I just, I couldn't pass it up for that deal. And then I knew, I knew I would know somebody that would want it for the, the kind of price I could do it for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that person happened to be you. Uh, but that paid for the majority of the cost of me getting the newer Madden game. And I was just so happy because like, I could, uh, I, like, I realized what it was is being able to play Madden Ultimate Team is like a little bit of a, a little bit of catharsis. Like, if I've had a tough day or whatever, like, I want to do something to relax and enjoy myself a little bit. But like, I'm just so mentally worn down that I can't really focus on something. I could play, I could play Madden. That's easy, you know? Mm-hmm. I could play that, and it's something, uh, you know, playing Madden Ultimate Team, essentially, like, it's kind of feeding my, uh, my desire to collect, because that's an aspect of the game. You kind of, you know, you play it and work to earn stuff, and you're building up your collection to improve your team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, like, I got that, and letting go of, well, I've gotten all these other things, so I have to enjoy them. And realizing I don't have to enjoy those, I screwed up. Let me enjoy what's actually enjoyable, and like let play be play. Mm-hmm. Don't make it work. It was way better, and that that's something you fight with collecting is when you take something that's supposed to just be enjoyment and you turn it into something else. And that can happen really easily, right? And it can become a burden for some people. I mean, like, I mean, you and I. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. It's like. The compulsion to collect everything or that you feel like you need to get becomes a financial burden over time. And that's one of the things he, Adam's looking into on his, his documentary. He's told me it's like some, there are some people that they go way too far to where it's actually hurts them with the collecting. But yeah. you know, it's fine. It's like we, I mean, from the very beginning, from our very first episode, I think we've always stressed that trying to, kind of balance in things and i think you've kind of got onto your your habit seems to have gotten to a really well good foundation and uh yeah and i could do better like i texted you the other day i got a book and i was like i i did a bad thing you know it's like i i shouldn't i shouldn't have like i shouldn't have spent the money on it that time i didn't spend any kind of crazy amount of money but still it's easy to be like this is so cool and this is a good deal that i i'm gonna spend just an extra 20 bucks i shouldn't spend you know and those yeah, yeah. 20 bucks can add up real quick you know um you know so it's like you know even now it's like i'll do that sometimes but if you do it in a more metered way even when you overshoot a little bit yeah it's a lot more controlled and you can still like if you buy something and you go i shouldn't have bought this if all you do is feel like a sense of shame for it, you're doing everything wrong. Like you, you can feel guilt for making a stupid choice, but feeling shame for doing it, you're, it's just it's all bad. And if you're doing that, you should probably take a hard look at it and do something drastic yeah. to break yeah, what's break causing habit. you to fall into those habits. Because that that's a bad thing. That that's when it turns into a very bad thing. And I've been there before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I had regrets. I'm like, ah, I should have done that. I should have done that. But you know, it works out in the end. Yeah. But yeah, your collecting is a. Uh, 
for most people, it's like a just a healthy habit, and for some, it gets too bad. Um, let's shift gears to. I want to talk about this guy named Sturgill Simpson. Let's talk about a little bit about a music, uh, some music. I don't know. You actually, uh, I saw something you had posted. Uh, uh, I think it was last night on Twitter, or tweeted last night on Twitter about you had found an album that you didn't know had to exist and didn't know why he hadn't exist. Listen to it. Um, but there's this dude named Sturgill Simpson. He's from Kentucky. He didn't get into the music industry until he was 35 years old. He had a good career as a uh, working at a rail yard where they build trains that up in Utah. And uh, his wife told him, said, you know what? You really should be out playing music for people. And he's like, are you sure? And she's, she's like, yeah. And, you know, now he's like three, four albums in. Um doing really well for himself. He has a Netflix. Uh, how do you describe it? It's, it's kind of, like, what, let me step back. He made this album a couple of years ago called sound and fury. And he would normally be categorized as an Americana or country rock kind of guy, but he got together with his band and they made this really weird sounding to me. It's weird sounding knowing his other music which I love those albums too. And, uh, he had the opportunity. His wife actually went to high school with a guy that had moved to Japan. He went to play with his band in Japan, hung out with this guy who was a radio DJ in Japan. And the guy said, you should do some anime videos for your music. And Sturgill was like, that sounds interesting. So they ended up getting some of the, and I, I regret not having the facts down in front of me. They got some of the top people involved in anime. Uh, one of the guys did a, like a Batman, uh, crap, I can't remember the name of it, a Batman anime. And, uh, some of the others, uh, I wish I could remember the names right now, but I can't. So I'll just move on. But they're like the top notch guys. It's like he didn't know when he sat down in the meetings with the guy that, Hey, I'm interested in maybe you doing some work. And this guy like, no, I, this, this, this is something I will do. I'll do the entire album. And he's like, how are you going to do that? Cause I need to release the album. Just give me time. I'll, he re- reached out and got all different kinds of bands, uh, not bands of groups of animators and supervised it and made this Netflix release called Sound and Fury. And the thing is, it's not... The, I watched it, and I was amazed at it, because the animation, just alone, just forget the music. And the, and I know the, the lyrics don't necessarily go with the story, but the music does. It's kind of like they were being fed by the sound. And we watched it through, my wife and I, the other night. It's like, that is different. It's really interesting and I want to watch it again. And the thing is that the only regret I have is they released the movie. Each song is out of chronological order. So you're watching the, 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 the release and it will be at one point and then it'll jump to an earlier point and then jump to a later point. So it's kind of like they, I don't, I don't understand why they would have done that, but. Just, just for an, just for an eye full of amazing. It's kind of like I wish I had the. I'm sure there is a, a 
the ability to do this, but I don't know what it is to capture that. Or maybe they'll do a DVD release that puts it in order to tell the story complete because it's, it's, you, you get the story from watching it. Um, I don't know. It's just, it was just an amazing experience. It's hard to follow because it jumps around. And I believe you said that this is, uh, at least inspired by Musashi. Musashi. He's, he's, uh, he's, he, he's very familiar with Musashi. Um, he's inspired by, um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 is that how you say it? Zatuichi. Zatuichi films and Kurosawa films and and the swordsman yes he's very familiar with the the five rings and he's read all that and you know I was like this is a different kind of guy that makes me him even more interesting that he's that I don't know you, you just kind of when you find somebody that's doing one thing it's like oh they're inspired by Japanese film and by ancient Japanese swordsmen the writings of them, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like, where's this kind of guy going to go? Cause I listened to an interview with him with a, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been on there a couple of times. He's like, he doesn't do things the way he's supposed to, because people tell him you need to do this, this, and this. And he's decided early on, he's not going to listen to anybody telling him what to do. He's going to follow his heart and his mind. He said, I think it was him that said, if I had followed what they wanted me to do for my first album, I would have made of like eh, probably $80 million in after three albums. And I probably would have shot myself because that's not, he doesn't want to be doing that. He just, just kind of really kind of leveled out dude that, okay, this, this year he's into this and he's going to, he's changing his music constantly. So that's the, my that's rec- awesome. music recommendation. Go check it out on Netflix. Just listen to it. If it's a, uh, it's different. It's very, it, it, I'll just call it what it is. It's, it's insane because it doesn't actually make <laughs> sense, but it's compelling. My wife watched it with me and she, she enjoyed it, it's, but we had the same reaction. It was like, okay, there's a story there. We got to kind of go back and look at it again and try to figure out what the heck is the timeline. It's, it's cool. That's all, yeah, I want to check that out. We're on a little Netflix hiatus, but we're probably going to kick back to Netflix uh, within a month. So I'll check that out. Keep um, note of it. Yeah, it's worth it's it's yeah. worth for, it's forty one minutes of your time. That's right. It's right in my wheelhouse of things that I enjoy. And to segue off of what we were just talking about, actually, um, I started watching uh, some movies we've talked about before. The Zatoichi movies. So I had, uh, as we talked about before, I bought uh, the Criterion box set. There's 25 movies in this box set. Yeah. And I finished movie number 12 the other day. I think I watched uh, 11 and 12, maybe even 10. I forget exactly where I started. Uh, but it felt good getting back to watching them because they're just enjoyable. Like, I, I, I really enjoy them. Definitely enjoying all the samurai movies and stuff. And Zatoichi definitely has something that I like. It's not... Um, like something like Lone Wolf and Cub, I watched some of that, uh, overly bloody and stuff like that. It, uh-huh. it has its place and everything, but you know, Zatuichi's a little more subtle in those regards. Like it's, uh, uh, a lot about building the, you know, the, I don't know, it, it's good. But anyways, I was thinking about this because, we always have some kind of streaming service. Like right now we have Amazon Prime, which is why we are taking a break from 
uh, from Netflix because we kind of get tired of like or, uh, with any of them, we kind of get tired of what's available and we want a little different change of pace from here, you know, from time to time. Um, so we'd watched a bunch of stuff on Netflix. We were kind of running out of things to watch that interested us at the moment. So we did a little bit of prime. Uh, but when I have any, like either one, like, I mean, Netflix, for example, they have all those Marvel shows on there and it's like, I want to want to watch them. Yeah. But I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't like having infinite options. Like, I mean, not infinite, but like so many options of what to watch. Like I prefer to have a little bit more limit to it. So I can progress through what I'm watching. Like you never feel like you're completing anything when you watch stuff on Netflix. Cause there's always more stuff, right? So having something like that Zatuiji box set, I enjoy more because I'm progressing through it little by little. I'm yeah, taking my yeah. time and really enjoying it because I'm not like, well, I just got to pound through this stuff because there's more stuff to watch, you know? Um, I definitely really like the... If I'm going to if I'm gonna take the time to watch something, I want to really sink into it and watch it. There not, is definitely not, not a place... Not watch it just because you have to feel like, I need to get through this because there's something exactly. else coming Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like, binging on a show, that's fine if, like, for me, if I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, usually, my wife kind of, like, she's she's kind of a binge watcher. She wants to watch one thing quite a bit. Uh, but she's always doing something else while she's watching TV. She never just sits there and watches TV, very rarely. Um, so, like, right now, we actually, we're trying to find something else to watch. So, once our son goes to bed, we could, you know, watch an episode or two of something before we go to bed. And uh, right now we're watching Family Ties because we're just running out oh, of stuff really? to watch. Yeah, so we stumbled across that. We're like, yeah, okay, let's give it a shot. And it's uh, it's almost too like cheesy, wholesome to watch, but not quite. It's it's yeah. it's entertaining. You know, it it just kind of feels good to have it on. Let's you zone your mind out a little bit, and you know, we all need some of that. Uh, but like, if I'm gonna pay attention to watching something, man, I just. Unless there's something, like, so here's something I came across actually on on Prime uh, was True Grit. Oh yeah, and I think I messaged you when I was watching it. So this is not the original True Grit, but the remake that Matt I was Damon. like, oh, this movie's not too old. It's it's like ten years old already, and I was like, how did I miss this? How did I not watch this? I loved the hell out of that. It's movie. really good, and it's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a great Coen Brothers movie. Um, I, it being Coen Brothers is what caught my attention. Uh, so I gave it a shot, but I, I really liked it, like the presentation. Uh, yeah, oh man, I, I really enjoyed that movie. So it, I, I come across things like those, but like, I, I just can't get into having too many options and just being like, oh, this option's right in front of my face. I'll watch this right now. It's like I want to be more selective with my time. That's why I have trouble with stuff like uh, Marvel Unlimited, uh, Comicsology Unlimited. Like they're great values, but there's so much but, there. Yeah, like what, what do I what do I do with it? You know, and then you feel the pressure. Like, well, I got to use it a lot, or I'm not getting my money is worth out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way the way it works with me, like Marvel Unlimited, you know, you can pay for the year, or you could pay for uh, a month for like ten bucks. Um, I've been debating because like a year, you can usually get a year on sale for 60 bucks if you don't wait too long. So that's like five bucks a month. Yeah. So if I pay for a year, that's, that's a lot of money and throw it all at once. Am I better off doing that or paying for a month every couple of months? You know, 
and then not having the pressure with it. Like I know when I when I pick it up again, like I'll come across a series here or there that I'd like to read that I'll kind of try to remember. But the main thing I'm going to want to do is go just go back to reading Uncanny X Men from where I left off. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's I actually have, uh, they have the Marvel Insider like website. You know the uh, so like whenever you get a Marvel comic and you redeem the digital code, you get points for that. You get points for like watching videos online and stuff like that. I have enough points to get a free month of Marvel Unlimited. So at some point I'll do that and then just try to like binge as much X-Men and other stuff as I can for a month. But once you get past, you know, and talk about something else. We've talked about hoopla before. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I first started using hoopla, my, my library offers it and I got five downloads a month. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then it switched to 10. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I couldn't use 10 a month. Yeah. Now I'm down to three. And while I would not complain if I had more to where I could just, like, take shots at stuff and not really care if I didn't care for it. Um, three is nice because I can just be more selective. And it feels way better to me. So you just hit the word. You're when you have a limited selection I've done the same thing Comixology Unlimited it's like okay I've got like 60 things I can check out at once I just go through and check them all out and how many of those have I read a handful of the ones I choose at once it's that process of slowing down and researching sometimes like what what's the best thing out there for me to try to find that's available on this service or something like that. And you put the effort in, it's kind of like you're searching for, you're looking for quality basically. Um, and you know, you, you put that effort in and you're, you're probably most of the time you're going to be rewarded because you're putting that effort in. Yeah, it's like you find the right thing at the right time sometimes. Um, and I like, I own a lot of stuff that I've bought digitally on Comixology. That's another thing where it can, it, it's a way to feed that, uh, like collecting addiction, but mm-hmm. you get these really, really cheap deals. So you rationalize it and then you yeah, just get yeah. way too much stuff. But like the nice thing about that is I can choose what I want to read. It still is a finite amount of stuff. And I'm progressing towards completing it. So if as long as I like back off on buying stuff, then like I'm I'm working towards the end and I'm enjoying the stuff that I've gotten. And uh I definitely like I've enjoyed a lot of what I've read and I have a lot of stuff still to read that I really intend to enjoy. Um but I, I somebody asked on, on Twitter, um somebody that I talk with on there, why somebody would want to purchase something on comiXology when you could do like Marvel unlimited and have access to everything. And, um, like I, I thought about that some like one, I think is the presentation because like if you buy, um, like for example, like I'm looking right now, they have an, an X-Men collection sale on comiXology and you buy some of those things and they'll collect the story where you get all these crossovers and it's just really seamless and easy to use. I've used Marvel unlimited and they'll, like, they'll have the events. Um, it's just not quite as, as seamless. Like, it, it works fine, but it's not, like, as super smooth, you know? Um, so, like, there's there's that aspect to it. But I think there's definitely part of where it's like, okay, I would like to read this event. 
this is a really good sale and I'm going to purchase it. And when I'm ready to, it'll be there for me to read. Compared to like, okay, I want to read this event, but then you go to Marvel Unlimited, you just have so much stuff you could read. Like, do you focus on that event? Do you get distracted by other stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you rationalize your mind like, oh, I could read it later because like I could read as much as I want on here. So like, I'll just I'll read it later. And you put it off and put it off and read other stuff that. Why do you have the service? You know, if you're not going to read stuff, it's all a balance to me. You know, like um, yeah. If you pour too much into into one thing, then you're neglecting something else. So, like a big way I'm trying to challenge myself is if I'm going to spend money on something, I have enough stuff that I've already spent money on to enjoy. So if I'm going to spend money on something, it should be something I'm spending money on to enjoy right now, or in the very near future. Not to stockpile for future use because I've stockpiled m- plenty. I don't yeah. need to stockpile more in my life. Yeah, I'm at the same point. I'm exact same point. And uh, to go back to why we've become stop and smell the analog, uh, it kind of feeds into what you're talking about that 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 selection. Um, I've got. We now have. Let me look here. I've got a list pulled up. 140. VHS tapes, and I know that sounds insane to most people listening, but one, every one of the ones we selected, my wife and I have both joined in and we've done it together, so some of them mean more to her, some of them mean more to me, some of them mean a lot to both of us, but for example, one of the finds I had was The Black Stallion, which was a movie that came out, I think, in the 80s, and if I wanted to go watch that, I'd have to pay money for it because I don't own it or it'd have to be like some random chance. I'd get it on a streaming service because everything is not available on everything. And yeah. I, you know, I can't afford to subscribe to hoopla, not hoopla, the, uh, Hulu and, uh, the new Disney thing coming out and you got Netflix and you've got, uh, all the different services. Everybody's offering all their stuff up all the time. Um, or you have to pay to rent it. You know, I, Braveheart. I've got Braveheart on DVD, but I still have it on tape now. Um, another one that I found that uh, ET, which was from my childhood. I'm like, I can watch it anytime I want now. And the thing I've got to tell you, I mean, I spent three dollars and fifty cents on the VCR. The quality, for the most part, on all the movies we've watched has been pretty darn good. These things are ancient, and the quality is what they should be, and they haven't deteriorated. You know, there's been a couple where they, you know, they've been watched a lot, and there's some graininess, but for the most part, it's not. So, like, I've got this, uh, it's like I'm curating my own little, or our little movie collection that we have, that we don't have to worry about I also live in a place where it has really bad internet. We don't have high-speed internet here. Um, it's hit or miss. So um, we watched Forrest Gump the other day. It was a, it was amazing to watch that again. I didn't own it on DVD. I don't have it. It's not available on streaming unless you rent it. You know, it, it's just one of those. It's a collecting kind of thing. And on one part, because I like looking at the covers and like having the physical objects. Um, I have the space for it. We're about at the max of what we're going to get. We have like certain key titles that we're looking for 
still that are like just special movies from that time period um, when VHS was like the the main source. Um, but you know, like I've got The Godfather, Good Morning Vietnam, Goodwill Hunting, The Goonies, and Greece. Those are those are uh, five of the ones that I'm looking forward to watching. Fifth Element. Um, one of the ones. Uh, let me look here. I've got a lot marked down. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was one of the main movies of my my youth, and I've got it there. And I don't know. It's just cool to me. It's it's part collector, part nostalgia, part slowing down. And it's kind of nice to just have to sit and watch something that if you uh, need to take a pause, you don't hit a button on your uh, remote and you just get up and have to go pause it. Yeah, I I love that. Like the, you getting those VHS tapes has gotten me like thinking differently about stuff. And um, like I, I guess a, a way to relate it with me is uh, you know since I've gotten into the samurai movies, you can't get those any any way other than Criterion. Like, that's how they're released here. All, you know, a lot of them. So, like, you're not going to go find them to rent anywhere. Um, you're... I mean, you could do the... Um, like, there's the Criterion channel now, so you could do a streaming service, but even they don't have all the movies. I don't know. I, I think some of it is they've been licensed to other services. They don't, like... You know, they have to wait for the rights to revert back. Um, some of them, I, like, there's no Wes Anderson movies on there. At least there wasn't when I, you know, had the service when it first launched. I tried it out. Right. Um, and like some of the Wes Anderson movies are some of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but, um, I've gotten a handful of stuff and I have plenty to watch. Like I said, I've watched 12 of 25 Zatoichi movies. So I got 13 more Zatoichi movies alone. That's not even including all the special features, which is a lot of time worth of special features. Yeah. Um, and that's what's special about the Criterion movies is like how well the whole thing is put together. But I, so I got those. I got the Samurai Trilogy, which is about Miyamoto Musashi. Yes. Who we mentioned. Which I, um, I, I want to watch someday, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I got Lady Snowblood, which is two movies. Uh, I have Seven Samurai, which I've watched once before, but I want to watch again. And I want to watch all the special features with it. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten uh, Yojimbo, Sanjuro. I've watched those once. Once I again, have those, like, yeah. one, I have a handful of other Kurosawa movies. Um, then I got a couple other things. Like I took a shot on um, on Police Story. It's Police Story one and two, which are Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan movies. Yeah. yeah, and he he not only starred in those, he actually directed them and wrote them also, and um, did all of his own uh, stunts. Yep, exactly. Which is which, like really what makes them stand out. Yeah. Um, so I have these handful of things and I was thinking because I, last Christmas was when I first got some of these. And the reason I was able to was, uh, through work, I got, um, a recognition thing for how long I've been there. And I, I used it to get Barnes and Noble gift cards. And I used those to get these movies for half off because they do a, a half off mm-hmm. criterion sell twice a year. So it's like, hey, you know, every time they do this, I like one is around my birthday. So for a birthday present, I'll get myself something. And then one's around Christmas. So for a Christmas present, I'll get myself something. So I've been thinking ahead to this Christmas. I'm like, I don't want to get anything this year. Like, I, you know, I, I have enough. Like, I, I want to watch this stuff and just take my time with it. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to feel like I have to go out and pick something else. I'm just going to chill. So, yeah, it's I'm 
Yeah. It, it's really changed my mindset with stuff. Like I don't have to get more stuff. I don't have to take advantage of every sale. And that really makes me slow down and enjoy the stuff that I have all the more. What I really want to do, you know, going back to comics and collecting the uncanny X-Men, I have to figure out what issue I left off with, but I wanted to start reading them with physical issues mm-hmm. and read a little bit. And then when I hit a gap in my collection, yeah. then, you know, probably not going to wait until I stumble across it in the wild, but you know, I can order a few issues from my comic shop to fill my gaps and read another 10 issues or whatever, you know, but working through reading the physical issues yeah, yeah. little by little that way. And just get that much more out of my collection, make it not just a, a bunch of possessions I have in a box, but you know, something that I got them because I mm-hmm, love the mm-hmm. characters, I love the story, I love the writer, I love the artists through everything I've gone through so far. Um, and then, you know, really get in there and engage with it. Uh, so that way it's more than just things, you know? Yeah. This pretty much hits it right there. It's like slowing down and appreciating the things you appreciate and st- you know, it's always see. It's always wonderful to find new things that are out there because everybody, there's so many yeah. creative people out in the world, and it's so wonderful to find those new creative people. Like I sent you, uh, 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 I said, go listen to this kid named Hobo Johnson the other day. This is a new, interesting kid who's doing this strange kind of hip hop poet spoken word poetry over different instruments. He's got an actual band. And he's an inter- he's an interesting kind of dude. For me, it's something compelling in listening to him, especially watching his videos. Just watching him sing about, he'll be, I call it singing. He's rapping or whatever the heck it is he does, yelling about something like supposedly like emotionally painful. He will be smiling the whole time. And that's kind of what won me and my wife over. She showed me, she's the one that introduced me to him a year or two ago when he was trying to get on uh, NPR and he got on NPR and NPR changed his life because he was homeless living in a car. And now he's got a, he's got an album out and he's got videos out and all this kind of stuff. But it's like being selective, finding things and just like, just follow that. Cause it's like, uh, like you're saying, you're, you're following, you're, you're taking your time with X-Men. Um, I just started, I went back recently and started a re-listened. I did an audible version of a book that I read two or three times already that I, I remembered it. It made a huge impact on me. It's John Graves's book, Goodbye to a River. Now he's a Texas writer and that's like, he was nominated for the National Book Award for it in 1960. But I forgot going back and listening to it. Um, I forgot how huge an impact. I forgot how huge an impact it made on me as who I am as a person. Because I mean, this has been a, a couple of decades since I first read it, and that made me want to go back and take my time and just appreciate some other things he's done. So. Uh, most recently I started re-listening to the last thing he ever wrote before he died. Um, uh, it's a, it's a memoir slash journal from, uh, called me and strangers where he took a journal he wrote after his service in world war two. And he kind of, 
I'm not going to say he went crazy, but he kind of went on a journey for 10 years to kind of recover from the war. And went to Mexico, went to Spain, went to all over Europe. And he was kind of following the footsteps of like the guys that followed in the World War One that went to, that went to, uh, Europe, like Hemingway and those guys. And, uh, it's an interesting thing following that kind of thing. Cause it's re- very rewarding to me that I actually had to, went back and now I'm kind of on this John Graves kick. Like I want to go back and look at all that again and find that everything he's done because he, he is special to me. You know, I've had this huge book collection that I kind of got crazy on, but it's like books like this, that's special to me. Like I want to have everything he ever published. And he luckily, luckily for the collector <laughs> side of me, he didn't publish a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you see where I was going. It's like, it's like, that slowing down and finding like what the heck is it that really hits you yeah and then focus on that all right well it's getting late here (laughs) yeah you're tired i'm tired and uh it's been a hard week and uh it's been nice it's been nice to get to talk to you again maybe we'll get to work this out where we can get together more frequently because I think we could probably use yeah. Zoom talking. This is good, though. We got to stop good. it. Good conversation. Um, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. Best yeah, we'll episode we've ever time. done. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, damn it. <laughs> All right, well. It's true. Uh, let's wrap this up, then. See y'all can find me on Twitter at Who's Paul. You can find Sparky on Twitter at MD Sparkman. Uh, you can check out some of the other podcasts that he referenced on the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. That'd be 2BT, uh, his podcast with his cousins. And uh, w- what's the other one called? The um, the video game one. Yeah. Oh, That's oh, right. oh, Adam does retro reprise. Um, Joey has a new podcast out called on 143 which is where we are 143 podcast once fourth at 143 podcast at gmail.com it's how to connect to us um he's got an interesting project out called music memory podcast where it's talking to people about yeah, music that's that- an interesting content we've talked about that plenty like you know i mean we talk about that kind of with everything but like you definitely music is a big thing where can resonate very much with a part of your life. I have definitely have heavy, heavy uh, influences from certain things with that. Um, and since he brought this up, since he brought this up, I've been thinking more and more about it. It's like, golly, my journey through music has been really, really crazy. Yeah. But it, it takes me back to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, excited about him, like, you know, tapping into what interests him. Uh, and then you have a new podcast as if you have, well, he also has the big two podcast, which is comic related, um, folks on DC Marvel. He's got another one where he does the Elizabeth and Joey show where he and his wife occasionally sit down and talk about, they've had some really interesting guests. Um, the last couple, I think have focused on things that influence that have are important for parents to hear for like raising their children but uh i got the bibliophile adventures podcast 
which is a group-sourced podcast anybody could submit, as long as they keep it PG-13, because I don't want my kids hearing a bunch of vulgar stuff if they ever do happen across this later in life. Um, They're going to hear vulgar stuff. It's going to be on VHS. Yeah, that's fine. I can, I can like yell really loud and cover that up. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it, it's going really well. We're about to hit episode 10 and, uh, got a, like, right now I have two other contributors aside from me. I'm hoping for more. I've got a couple of people I heard that are working on maybe some con- contributing. And it's all about sharing things that, are important to you. Kind of like what we're doing, but more focused on what writer, what book, what genre of things do you love? And you are so passionate about it that you want to share it with a big audience and let people maybe find something and find something in common. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that one. I'm excited to contribute myself. It's been really fun. Very bad at finishing the book that I'm reading. No, I know. And the thing (laughs) is you can go think about a book that you loved growing up and just remember go back to that feeling of why it felt special to you um i'm about to do one on a on a series of books that i read when i was a little kid and i was like you always talk about jr tolkien lord of the rings that's so important that's why i'm into fantasy i realize i'm not into fantasy because of jr tolkien i'm into fantasy because of a guy named lloyd alexander that i read before him and it's a series of five books called the Chronicles of Pridang. So it's based on Welsh mythology. And that is what hooked me. See, this is a, it's like a whole process of like going through that. And it's like sharing what it is that made you like what you do. And I'm really wanting to get writers. I'm trying to find writers to that write books. They can pub, they can promote their books and at the same time, share about the books that they, that made them want to be a writer, that made the biggest impact on them. That's one of the goals I have. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. So, but we need to wrap this up. Have a good night. Have a good night. Adios.
So oft it chances in particular men that through some vicious mole of nature in them, by the o'ergrowth of some complexion, oft breaking down the pales and forts of reason, or by some habit grown too much, that these men, carrying, I say, the stamp of one defect, their virtues else be they as pure as grace, shall in the general censure take corruption from that particular fault. This is the tragedy of a man who could not make up his mind. Thank you.